Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I almost said episode. Episode of Emotional <laughs> Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. Jamie, you you look just you're glowing today. I love it. You're just looking. Uh, it might be the ring light. It might just be that the ring light's on higher. But no, um, thank you. I'm glad I'm I'm glad to hear that because I do not feel glowy on the inside at all. Um, yeah. I am back on antibiotics, not IVs, thankfully. But um, I am doing a lot of detoxing work with this round of antibiotics um, to basically help aid in the die-off. Um, and I am just so nauseous all day, every day <laughs> lately because I'm, I'm taking supplements to help with the detox. So it basically is like going through a hangover <laughs> or how, you know, addicts... Um, or people in recovery go through an actual detox. Like I'm, sure. I just, I have all those symptoms of trying to get the bad stuff out of my body. So um, I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm also, I, you know, I'm happy to see you. So yeah. happy to be here. How are you we, doing? We were just talking and we got to talk about this for a second because today this is episode 40 of, of the podcast. Yes. And um, big milestone. Like I know we posted a picture a couple weeks ago of like our for like just getting getting done recording the first episode. So um, to see where we are now is pretty cool. You know? Yeah. So um, almost uh, you know it's been almost a year and we have recorded forty episodes, forty amazing conversations. Um, we are so grateful for you guys uh, who keep coming back and listening to all of these conversations. We know that. Uh, a lot of what we deal with is really tough, but that's why we're doing it um, to help you guys, you know, feel and heal. So, you know, it's funny. Um, we actually thank you to our listeners. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And even if you just coming in for the first time now, like after all this, we're happy. We're just as enthusiastic to have you just go back and listen to all the episodes. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's funny because, uh, you know, we talk about how this is helping us process our grief. Um I just had a death in the family uh, this past week. Uh, my, my grandfather passed away. Um, and uh, it's been interesting talking to my family and being equipped with the knowledge I have now about how to process grief and the conversations we've had. And a lot of them are receptive to the ideas and things like that. But um, yeah, it was really sad. My, 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 my favorite grandpa, my only grandpa left, um, passed away his, on his Saturday name? night. Uh, Richard, Grandpa Shoop. Um, my my paternal, my my paternal grandfather um so actually we got the i got a phone call from my aunt friday saying they think he's going to be gone soon and so saturday i actually drove up there to go see him across the state about three hours and two and a half um and he was asleep the whole time i was there uh which kind of stunk but i made the trip and i was glad i did and i got home around six o'clock that night and about four hours later he passed away so um, oh, I didn't realize it happened the same day. Uh, same day, same day. Very I was, sorry to hear that. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Just like I said, being being where I am now and aware of the grief and everything, and uh, it's it's a really good place. And you and I talk about death so much, and <laughs> uh, which is kind of relevant to today's conversation. Um, so before I get into the whole explanation of things, let's welcome to the podcast our guest today, uh, Abby Hunter. Hello, thank you for inviting me here. Yes, thank you for being here. So we're talking Hi, about- Hi, Abby. Um, so we're talking about uh, death and, and grief and, and things like this. And um, 
you, your business is really unique uh, in this conversation point. So let's talk about um, your, let's talk about your cafe. All right. Uh, so my cafe is called The Mortals. And I call it The Mortals because we're here we are. We're, we're stuck on this mortal coil. And it's a very death-centric coffee shop. Um, and what I mean by that is you know, we try to create a space for conversation around death and dying, our own mortality, um, and just everything with our to-go cups and our little mini library and our events. We just try to, you know, make this space that's just as casual as grabbing a cup of coffee and it gets death on the mind in a good, positive way. I think that's so amazing too, because uh, like you said, you know, uh, and even for us who, who have grief in our lives, uh, a lot of people are not equipped to talk about death or things like that. Uh, they're, they're very hesitant. They're not, it's, it's almost, it's, it's taboo for lack of a better word. They, they don't want to approach it. And I think what you're doing is so cool because you're inviting the conversation and it could be people who are experiencing grief or experiencing death. It could be people who have, have a more, uh, for lack of a better word, dark fascination with death. I mean, I'm sure you get people of all walks of life coming into your cafe to have these conversations. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not uncommon uh, once a day to have somebody within the industry. Like today, I actually had somebody who uh, is trying to become a death doula. And oh, yes. I had a great conversation with them. Um, you know, and I, I get all sorts of people, like all these like Oh, I love it when they come in. These like little little goth kids and little punk <laughs> kids, and it's like, oh, that's that's my sixteen year old version of myself. And you get them, and it's it's great because they're so young, and you know nobody really likes to think about death at that age. But it's something that should always be on our minds, and no matter if you're sixteen or sixty two. Yes, um, absolutely. And I feel like teenagers now. Uh, are so much more aware um, socially, um, just in, in all in all aspects. Um, and so, what we might have, you know, been into as goth kids, um, you know, when we were that age, has kind of changed a bit. And um, they are actually really facing a lot more grief, I think, than than other generations. Yeah, well, now that, I mean, you you brought up mental health, um, as a mental health grief, something that you discuss in previous podcast sessions, and it's, it's something that our culture is becoming so much more aware and proactive about. Um, it's not something we have to suppress anymore. And it's, it's getting that way with death again. And I don't, I know we're currently going through a pandemic and it's hard not to think about death. Um, Absolutely. But now we just, it's, it's creating a platform where we can be you know, a little bit more positive when we do talk about death instead of shielding it away and, you know, just stuffing it into the, like the dark corners of our lives. And, you know, suddenly it becomes something that those that we leave behind have to deal with. Um, Right. And, you know, you mentioned that somebody came in and, and, you know, is becoming a death doula. And I just was introduced to that concept recently. 
Um, and we're actually hoping to have a conversation with the deaf doula. Um, so if anybody, yeah. you know, knows someone or wants to send somebody our way, um, definitely a conversation we want to have. Um, because something I learned from, you know, following a few on Instagram is like, it, it's also about helping people uh, dissolve that fear surrounding your own mortality and, and your own death, um, as well as navigating the death of others. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think we just view it as like, oh, we don't ever want to put this burden on our spouses or our children. So let's just not talk about it. But that's so much more damaging in the long run, because then when you do die, suddenly people are, you know, having to figure out what to do with your assets. And now it's the digital era. So now it's like, we've got all these passwords and you've got social media and what do we do with it? And instead of grieving, like, you know, we should be doing, we're frustrated and angry and also sad and grieving. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's, it's amazing too, because I think about um, even this was not even that long ago. My, when my mom passed away, this was 17 years ago. So it was still early digital age, but I mean, um, you know, my father was trying to get through the process of getting all everything done and then letting yourself grieve. And now, like you said, with, with everything so specific to each person's identity and having passwords and every day I think about like, what's going to happen. Like if something happened to me today and I didn't have my passwords all in one place for someone to find, like it'd, it'd be just terrible, awful situation. But, um, so I know that the uh, the concept of a death cafe is no, is not something that's brand new. Um, so I'd love to kind of hear both um, a little bit about the history of death cafes, kind of like just what because I I know that there are others in the world, and then also I kind of want to know your story about what inspired you and what put you on the path to creating this space uh, in Grand Rapids. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I love, uh, so the history of death cafes actually started, I want to say back in 2011 and even before that with, uh, I want to say a Swedish guy, but uh, it started in the UK, 2011. Um, and it's just a, a social way to connect with people and just have coffee, eat cake and talk about death. And this could take place at an actual coffee shop. It could also take place at someone's house, at a library, or some sort of community space where everyone is welcome and it's just a round table, open discussion about mortality. Um, and they did that just to kind of break through this taboo of talking about death. Uh, and I, I first heard about death cafes when I was going through school at Grand Valley. Um, I was taking the death and dying theme uh, and I was just like, man, it would be so cool to turn it into an actual brick and mortar location and have all these resources, local people within the community, and just create a space so that people can be comfortable and won't have to deal with this mess once death happens. Um, but then, you know, that was, oh gosh, like... <laughs> 10 plus years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of always been this back burner idea of like, oh, that'd be cool to do someday. Um, but no, I actually went to school for, for metal smithing and I ended up starting up a public metal smithing studio and it was doing great. And then the pandemic happened and everything just went to shit. So then I just 
kind of had a year off in 2020 and I ended up going to Maine. And when I got back in November, it was like, man, I really want to start out this deaf cafe. Like I just experienced so much wonderful food when I was out in Maine and it was like, fuck it. I've, and I couldn't stop obsessing over this cafe that needed to happen. And Ooh. finally, I, <laughs> it was just something <laughs> in the universe. It just made it happen. And I connected with my friend, Alicia, who owns a uh, little space studio. It's a co-work space in downtown Grand Rapids. And she was like, yeah, you know, we've been wanting to get a coffee shop in here. Oh, wow. Um, but things just kind of fell through with our other plans. And I was like, well, you know, fancy that. Uh, I've always wanted to start up a coffee shop. And she and I got to talking. And six months later, I, I opened up the cafe. That's so that's, cool. That's incredible. Like, just your your sheer will to want to make this happen. Yeah, well, it was, it was just something in the air. It just, it needed to happen. And like, once I got, once I allowed myself the space to say, yes, you're allowed to make this happen. It just like all these ideas came to me, like the menu. And it's like, oh gosh, we could have like events. We could have estate planners come in. We could have lawyers come in. Oh, we wow. could have doulas come in. And just, yeah. you know, even just professors in very nuanced fields, like, you know, ancient Egyptian burial practices. So if you know anybody in those fields, that would be great. I'd love to have them. But you know, things like that, where it's just, it could be fun, it could be informative, it could be helpful, it could be very hands-on, and it just gets people activated. Well, I think that's one thing cool too about what you do is, because I've, you know, and, and looking and researching you before we had you come on here, it was uh, looking at all, you know, estate planning and lawyers and death doulas and grief counseling. And it's it's more than just a space to drink warm caffeinated beverages. It's a place to, like you said, to have conversations, but also to learn about, you know, about coping with death and processing death. And I think that is so, that is so fascinating and so special. It's, it's just this bigger picture. Jamie, they had a wedding there recently. Yes. Oh, really? What was yeah. the background? I'm curious. Uh, so they, they're actually um, friends of the Little Space Studio peeps. And they were like, man, we love this space. And we love your like death-centric cafe. And this couple, they just, they came in and they had a Beetlejuice-themed wedding. And everything oh, was just decked How out. Fun. Skulls. Yeah, it was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is, it's becoming such a bigger, bigger thing. Um, and I just, I love the community aspect of it. Um, you're bringing in resources from, you know, all different people, all walks of life um, and connecting people that probably would never have connected before um, without this shared interest in, in learning more about death. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and like you said, all walks of life, I, we've managed to create a pretty diverse space here in the, the coffee shop and little space as well. And we get all sorts of people coming into our cafe mortel sessions because um, we, we realized we can't actually call it a death cafe. Um, <laughs> uh, 
although I don't think it really matters. <laughs> you know, when it comes to businesses, if you're not getting a cease and desist or if you're not sending one out, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> but we we ended up like being told like, oh, you can't actually call yourself a death cafe. Um, because it is a it's a legitimate trademark thing, oh, wow. but only in the UK. <laughs> um, really? But, so we I, I just decided to call it Cafe Mortel, which is what it was originally called uh, before 2011. Uh, and it was just same thing, just a way to get people to come in and talk about death. Um, and those are our, our Cafe Mortel sessions. And we've had a lot of different people come in, young people, old people, different backgrounds, different financial backgrounds. Um, yeah, and it's just been great. Everybody just brings a different perspective to the table. I love that. Um, what I'm curious about is I'm so obviously this has been going on. Uh, when did you officially open? We officially opened uh, July 17 this year. Okay, so you've been wow. doing this. So that's this is amazing. Um, and I remember really, I really started seeing about stuff about it probably in August or early, like towards Art Prize when that happened. Um, but I'm curious. So obviously you create this space, but I'm sure you're getting a lot more out of it yourself personally. I'm curious. Are there any? Is there any insight? Any things you've learned? In terms of processing death yourself, have there been any people who have come through really impacted any stories or anecdotes you want to share from that? Probably one of the more profound conversations I've had was a guy who he's a first responder mm. and he's not from Michigan at all. He was just traveling through and he heard about it through some new source out west and was just like, man, I've got to stop there when I pass through. So he, so as a first responder, what they do is they show up to these major catastrophes. So think of a plane crash or uh, like 9-11. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy that works with a lot of these authorities that, you know, take care of the bodies, kind of figure out who they are, identify them and send them off to where they need to go. And he was just incredibly insightful with that process and also quite eye-opening too because I you know nobody really tells you like what you can do with a body when somebody dies you just kind of assume that you just have to shuffle them through the funeral the whole funeral process mm -hmm. and he's like no and he, he told me about water burial or not water yes. burial uh, water cremation water yes. cremation yes and like that's a practice that people have been doing for quite a long time and it originated with zoos because if you have this gigantic elephant you can't burn it easily you can't bury it easily so you just take this very alkaline mixture and just dissolve it and flush it through the water system and it's perfectly safe yeah it's so and he says it's like a process that's maybe a few hours long so not that long at all it's because you think, you know, it's slowly eating away at a body it would take, you know, days to do, but it's a matter of hours. Jamie, have you heard wow. about this before? I have no, this is completely oh, new it's, to me. It's such a cool concept. Like, I mean, yeah, like she said, basically, you know, they they take, you know, like they alkaline water and don't they also use some other chemicals that like help break down, like that are basically like break down your body over time. Yeah, but it's it, basically lie. If yeah, you've heard of lye, yeah, and yeah, yeah, form, yeah. but it's it's in liquid, yeah, it's dissolved. And basically, they they liquefy you and flush you down a drain, and then whatever's left. So like, if you have 
you know, like a pacemaker or bones or whatever. That's what's left inside the, the vat. And then they just uh, grind the bones up and then that's like the ashes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. And it, it's much more environmentally friendly too, from what I understand. Yeah, far more environmentally friendly. Oh, uh, yeah, one more thing. I, like he and I talked about uh, burial at sea, yes. which is, again, totally legal. It's, you could totally do it. It's as long as he said, as long as it's three miles out and at least 600 feet of water, you could bury a body at sea. Um, it just, when it goes down, it has to stay down and you have to tell authorities the coordinates of where you dropped that body. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But yeah, totally doable. Yeah. Wow. See, like this is, these are really, you know, interesting things that aren't commonly talked about. I mean, these are definitely two new concepts I've, I've, uh, I've learned in just the past few minutes. So yes, thank you for sharing that. We have options now. Well, and it's, it's interesting because uh, in a lot of ways, I think, uh, you know, I, I love how you, well, you want to talk to uh, professors of Egypt and the burial process and everything. And we personally, we're trying to, we're working on a, a future project where we want to actually talk to um, people in other cultures about the cultural implications of how they grieve the death of a person. So, um, you know, we want to reach out to the local Native American community, obviously, but, you know, talking to somebody you know, in China, how they grieve versus somebody in Africa, how they grieve and how it differs and how it's similar and how they honor uh, the passing of a person in their life. So we're, we're totally fascinated by this, by this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about the cafe now, it's, it's off the ground and uh, like, are, are you hoping to expand on what you do? Are you looking to bring in new things besides like, like what's the bigger picture for, for what you're doing um, the bigger picture is, oh, I would really love to get into franchising and being able to kind of spread this concept throughout the United States. Um, but I want each one to be different. And I know that's totally different from what a franchise should be, but whoever takes it on, I want them to impart their own cultural background to it or personal background into it uh so if i've got somebody interested that's like yeah i'm you know half lebanese and i really want to introduce this aspect of my culture to it and incorporate that into the menu as well as the aesthetic but also you know like you were saying like all these cultural backgrounds in the world and how they grieve how they manage death and to bring that, impart that into each cafe that's out there. Um, but also being able to take a part of what we are trying to do with local communities and put that into a different local community that's, you know, in Illinois or out in, you know, Rhode Island. And then people can work and have access to all of that local information in their own towns. I love it. I love it so much. We actually, um... <laughs> We actually talked with a coffee, uh, a coffee cafe. Well, they're coffee roaster, but it's also a cafe and um, in Chicago. And their whole cafe is themed around having honest, candid conversations about mental health. Ah, uh, yes. So maybe we'll have to plug you in with them at some point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Please, I would love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they're they're part of a big organization called um, Hope for the Day, which is all about suicide prevention, and they offer like 
classes on how to help people and uh, peer-to-peer kind of like one-on-one stuff. So very, very important stuff. And I think in a way, this is something that both of both your organizations share in, in a really cool way. So um, I love it so much. Yeah, that would be amazing to to see it in other communities, because obviously, like every community has their group support groups and, um, you know, different resources that if they can be aggregated a little bit better and connected, more connected, you know what I mean? It's not like, I'm sure there aren't just, you know, uh, death centric. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like you know, it's all kind of parsed out. Uh, Yeah, there's no central location to know or have access to all of this information. So it's kind of like a little deaf library community (laughs) center, but it's also a coffee shop. Do you, do you find a a lot of people crying? Um, I, I don't, I can't, I have had people get emotional about you know maybe something that they're going through or have lost or they found out that they were terminal Mm. um but i've never had anybody like full-on cry Um, yeah i mean the, the reason i ask is i i i imagine that you know being there if you came to to talk to somebody else and to grieve together or something like that that it would be a, a, a safe space for that because like, you know, they always like in movies, you see people like breaking up at restaurants and crying, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. um, you know, I imagine your space as somewhere I would want to, to be if I were grieving and, you know, surrounded by people that, that maybe could support or, um, you know, it just wouldn't be like, I'm crying in a Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which happens. I've done that. I've totally done that. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, actually, we try to separate or like the, the our cafe mortel sessions where it is an open discussion about death um, and mortality. Um, we try to keep it pretty like on some sort of like, yeah, you can be here, we can talk about it, but it's not a grief group. Mm-hmm. Um, grief groups are something that I will try to get started. Um, I'm trying, actually, um, starting next year in January, I'll be having a grief group for pet owners. Mm. You know, so if people have lost like a companion pet. Um, that will be a monthly addition to to next year. And then you know, it's all about finding the right people and connecting to the right people. So if I could find somebody who, you know, is actually like trained and has this background knowledge to lead a grief, a grief group, then yeah, that's some, that way people can kind of really focus on what they want to do. If they want to openly discuss death and dying, or if they're like, man, I am going through some shit right now. And I just want to talk to somebody who can actually help me. Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, you know, it's funny you bring up pet loss. It is something that we have been thinking about um, and wanting to talk to people about. And I actually uh, just landed us a guest. Um, So uh, pretty excited about that um, upcoming episode as well, uh, because it's it's super important, right? Uh, A lot of people 
have pets and lose pets. Um, and it's, it's, it's a profound impact on your day to day. So, um, that's amazing that you're starting that, that, that those sessions, that's, that's awesome. Especially for folks that, you know, relied on their pets. Yeah, well, they're like the the last thing you see when you leave for work. And the first thing you see when you come back, it's just, it's always there. It's another warm body that occupies your space and your life with you. Yes. And it's, it's totally understandable that people would experience deep, profound grief. I love it so much. I, I, I think what you're doing is so amazing. And I love the community focus because... Um, any community like really the, the strength of, of what you do is really going to be based in how many people in your in, in the immediate area you know that that you impact and I know you know the area you know that you're at too a lot of people in you know there's a, there's a lot of homeless on along the street and everything too you know there's a lot of people who need a lot of hope and a lot of you know processing a lot of stuff and even this is goes this goes more into grief I guess but um, I think, you know, I think the concept of what you're doing has a lot of appeal. And I think that, you know, it, I, I could see it growing to something on a national scale, like you said, you know, and everything being its own little unique. We're going to manifest it for you right now. Yes, yeah. I, I, I'm crossing my fingers and toes and, um, <laughs> you know, sending you all the, all the vibes <laughs> to make this happen. You made, you made the cafe happen. Why, why wouldn't you? make the franchise yeah. happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, I, I care a lot about local communities and it's like, I can't do everything here from Grand Rapids, Michigan. There has to be something out in like, you know, Glendale, Arizona, you know, or you know, Seattle, Washington. Yes, I love it so much. Absolutely. So uh, one thing we ask everyone on the podcast and um it's 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 our it's our catchphrase our catch-all and i'll have you finish this sentence you can finish it with a single word you can have finish it with a couple words however you want to finish it but how would you complete the sentence grief is grief is heavy it is so heavy and you cannot carry it alone um yeah uh, Jeez, even thinking about it now is just like crushing my heart right now. Um, but no, it's just, you, it's not something you should ever carry alone. Totally agree. Yes. And I, I'm, I, I think uh, you creating this space for people to, to ultimately be able to come to a place where they can, their, their grief can be offloaded, you know, um, or to the, to the point where it, it's easier at the end, because I'm thinking about my my grandfather just passed and um you know my grandmother i asked her i said have you because he was in an assisted living facility i said have you been to see him she goes no i said why not she says um says i don't want to catch anything but also i don't want to see him like that and through this process of him passing um i've been thinking about her a lot just that she was not there to be with him you know and i know a couple times he said her name um oh. i know i have aunts my aunt, my uncle came from Texas after the, after the fact, my aunt, uh, she came, you know, she loves her dad, but she came from Arizona and, you know, they're all together now and processing this grief together. And, um, yeah, I mean, thinking about that and I tried to offer my little, my little nuggets of wisdom as much as I could, but also too, you know, I, I know I, I can only say so much. 
Um, but I, I think what you do is really important. I think it really um, is opening doors for a lot of people to people who are open to the talking about death and it's giving them better tools to equip themselves to prepare for educate that phase. Pre- yeah. yeah, to educate and also yeah. prepare for that phase of their life. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. awesome, Abby. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's you know, even just to have these conversations. So, you know, when the time hits, you know, like, you know, people can have that courage to sit with somebody who is dying. Um yeah. Most definitely. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was such a pleasure to have you. I'm going to come by the shop now and get some, some coffee and some, <laughs> some cafe stuff. And cause you, you have like specialized, is it Vietnamese coffee? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, it's Vietnamese coffee and I get it. Um, it's from this woman owned Vietnamese owned company. She's out in Brooklyn and she works with farmers in Vietnam. So it's just, it is. Oh, wow. I try to be as authentic with it as I possibly can being a white girl, you know, just <laughs> honor where it comes from, honor the culture. Um, so yeah, even our sweetened condensed milk comes from the Asian market down the road. That's a uh, longevity brand which just works so well with the cafe. I um, love that. <laughs> the little, yeah, the little things. The so little, cool. Yeah. And that's just something new to the coffee scene to, you know, we've got French presses, we've got pour overs and, you know, why the hell don't we have Vietnamese fins? It's just a, a different way to brew a really strong cup of coffee. And it's been great. People have been like, just, you know, going buck wild over these like Vietnamese coffees so it's it's great to introduce that to the the coffee coffee shop scene so amazing um but yes Abby thank you so much for being here today such a great conversation can't wait to come by try some some of what you what you're You're gonna have to send me pictures (laughs) I'm in Florida so it'll be a little while for until I get there but I'll get there when we come visit we're gonna we're gonna do a tour we'll go we'll go check out Abby's spot so absolutely Thank you so much, Abby. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Corey. It's been wonderful. Yes, and everyone tuning in, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye, everybody.